And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! (laughs) Well, hello there, sleepyheads. I was just about to drink my glass of warm Maloco Plus and drift into the land of Nodoff. Well... I guess I have time for a quick three-hour movie. And what better choice than Dr. Sleep? I mean, I use the original Shining coupled with a box fan to put me to sleep most nights. Why not try the sequel out? (laughs) Maybe I'll take a shine to it. Welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I'm Chris Honeywell, and I am here with my fellow Vaulteteers. From left to right to center, we've got one brother, and I want you guys to uh, pay attention to the different first names as so as we can differentiate. We've got first of all, we've got Mr. Luke Giaconetti. The world is one big hospice with fresh air. And next to him, his brother, a different person with a different name and a different life, <laughs> Jason Giaconetti. Great party, isn't it? <laughs> and also, another Chris, a different Chris than me, <laughs> but only different in last name, Mr. Chris Tyler. Medicine. Medicine is what it is. Bonafide cure-all. The mind is a blackboard. And this is the eraser. Yes, sir. And if you can't figure out from from those lines, we are covering a recent movie, Doctor Sleep, the the sequel to The Shining, the the, adaptation of the book, which is the sequel to the, The Shining, the book. But this is also a sequel to The Shining the Book and The Shining the Movie, yeah. which, are, which are two different things with two yes, different yes. endings. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to top this right off by saying I love this movie. Top to, I do, I too. Love, I love, love, love. I do, too. This movie. One, of my, I, one, of, one of my favorites of 2019, easily. Yeah, I, I was glad that we did this because I... Uh, I didn't get a chance to see it when this came, and when it did come out, I remember saying, I think I might have said this to you, Jay, is that that I really wanted to see it, just like, but I need to rewatch mm-hmm. The Shining before I'd go see it because it's like, okay, that this clearly, like I said, every, this looks like it really is, uh, you know, it's a sequel to Kubrick's Shining, and that movie is so, um, you know, iconic in its own way that it had been a few years since I'd seen it, I have to watch it again. 
So getting the opportunity to watch it, to watch The Shining, and then watch this on home video mm-hmm. was, was really a treat. And, uh, yeah, th- this is, you know, we, we've had some... We've had some mixed luck, let's say, with modern movies. Yes. But we've had a few now in a row that have been very good modern movies between The Colorado Space and now Doctor Sleep. And this is both literary adaptations, I'd like to point out. I think that that might be be some grist for the mill right there. But yeah, yeah, this this is a superlative effort right here. It's it's interesting because I read the book when it came out, and I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, this is different. This has a different ending. This movie, actually, I was not the biggest fan of it tying into the Kubrick movie because I'm familiar with the book and I can make the jump that, you know, Ditto. That, that this is not like that. And I, and I was kind of not excited about them doing that. I thought it was a little pandery. And once again, it's kind of like 2010, which I actually... I and love two thousand. That's a similar situation, yeah. this, which it's like, how do you, how do you, you know, and and it's like, and and if you're gonna do, and and the book is very different than The Shining. The book is, a di- its own, sort of different animal, and so I I went into this movie with you know not expecting very much at all, and was completely blown away. I think it's an improvement over the book. And I think it, it like the way it synthesized the, the, the book Kubrick and movie, the movie and the book yeah. and made the the Kubrick stuff into almost into Stephen King stuff. Yeah. So it reflected the, the 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 Kubrick stuff back in a way that Stephen King would think about it. I would say this is one of the most um Stephen King feeling adaptation this this watching this movie is one of the more similar experiences as, as to reading a Stephen King book the dialogue the way it plays out the tone it sets it feels like reading a Stephen King book and I I just love the second my second viewing of it I was like ah maybe I just had a warm fuzzy in the theater no. and and the second viewing was bringing out more and more depth to it and uh I just love it. Uh, there were so so many points in this movie where I'm just like, oh, this is perfect. I, I will I'll say this. I am not a huge Kubrick fan. Um, I find his films uh, emotionally cold, and I dry. understand that dry, yeah. very dry, technically unfucking believable. Um, but I don't feel any emotion from them. I'm not a huge fan of the Shining movie that he did. Uh, because it, the changes are just a little too much for me from the book because I love the book. Um, but I, you know, he's doing his own thing. That's fine. Um, this movie retroactively helps me enjoy the Kubrick film, which is saying a lot. That's that's kind of a that's kind of an amazing statement right there. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is. Um, Everything about this production and this script and this story is, to me, it is wonderful. Um, because this is a character in, in Danny Torrance that, if you know the, the the book of The Shining, is the way the book ends is, is certainly very different than the way that the film ends. Um, but 
of all the characters in the in the Kubrick film, uh, Danny is the one that I do feel the most for because he is a child and he's dealing with something that he can barely comprehend. And this film starts you off by reintroducing you to this character and then f- just going forward enough to kick you in the balls and and give you an idea of what this child has had to deal with since the time that his mother and he escaped being murdered by their father you know um and it's I, the first time i watched it i was instantly sucked in um and i'm you know what you can come and fight me i like this better than the shining film. well this, i mean this movie has this 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 movie is all like emotional center you know it's, it, it's it, moving it, it's, it's incredibly it is and, moving and it's insanely well cast the cat oh, yeah. the, little girl, the little girl in this is and she's a, not a cloying and she's no. not precocious she's a real fucking kid yes yes she has all the flaws and all but then, then there's little touches like at the end towards the end when uh ewan mcgregor um possesses her body yep and she's talking to the guy in the in the in the front seat of the car she just flawlessly like it sounds like you and it sounds like Danny Torrance. You and McGregor is Danny Torrance. Yeah, she's uh, playing... she's got his speech pattern. Yep. and the way just the way she expressed herself, it sounded like a tired old like a forty-year-old like guy. Yeah. yeah, it was it was fantastic, and like yeah, this this I don't think this retroactively will make The Shining more emotional for me. It but doesn't this, make it more this, emotional. It it puts it but. puts it puts an emotional aspect to the story, though. It, it it will this will bleed over the other one because yeah. yeah, this is just it's just fantastic. Yeah. It, and I'll say this: my my wife is not a, a horror movie fan, much like uh, Luke's wife is not. Um, and I said oh, that Kelly. I had or Kelly, and I said I had to, you know I was going to be watching this for recording today and uh i started this and maureen couldn't take her eyes off of it um because of how well made it is and how moving it is and it, and it's not it's not a terrifying film in you know it's it is much more of a supernatural thriller than a straight-up horror movie like ghost story like the shining um but i mean and it's a three-hour movie this is this is a long movie, You're, but it's never boring. Uh, there's we, we there's not a in... thing I want cut out of it. No, though. I can't think do of I. A, I can't think of a part where I was like, no, okay, it's... come on, let's get moving with this. Even you know? even the side characters get the support that they need from the script and their screen time. Um, we we started it late on um, on Friday night, and uh, we watched ninety minutes of it. We found a good stopping point. And then when we got up Saturday morning and had breakfast, it was, let's finish this, you know? So that's when somebody who is not a horror slash thriller fan wants to get up and immediately start and finish the story, it tells you a lot about the quality of the film that this is. Yeah, Yeah, see, uh, I'm not 
<clears throat> Similarly, uh, as I said, I on the on it was a Friday night, and my wife and I watched The Shining, and she had never seen The Shining. Oh she, boy, she's not a horror fan. She's never read King. You know, I'm sure she's seen maybe another King adaption or something, but she's not really into that. So she didn't know what the hell to expect. And and she was, you could tell that that she was also kind of turned off by the movie, by the um, <clears throat> by the you know the, the the nature of the way that Kubrick directs, the the unemotional style and all that. Yeah. But but I said I said to her, it's like she, you could tell she didn't really care for it. And and, and I was like, well, I said if you don't want to watch Doctor Sleep, I said I'll watch it on my tablet or something, because I've got a digital copy. And it's like, so you don't have to watch. It's like, no, she wants. She decided she wanted to watch it, and she again was enthralled by it, to the point that a couple of you know a, a day afterwards <clears throat> during the day she'd still be we'd still be talking about it. that she'd like just start you know asking me or telling me about something she thought about some aspect about danny's journey or something that you know she's you know wh well, why did why do you think this had to happen because you'd think he could have just done this instead and i'm like well maybe this, whatever so yeah it it the the thing that really and, and i've talked about this too and this has gotten much worse for me the older i've gotten and the more kids that I have, oh, I bet you know, is putting putting you know the the way that this film treats kids, it's very upsetting. If you have, yeah, kids, oh yeah, even if you don't, but it's much worse. And that was very upsetting to her. And I think that is what like it was one of those things that it's it's something that's repulsive, but you find yourself drawn to it. Yeah. Well, well, here's her, the th there are some scenes in this with with oh. uh, specifically with the baseball baseball yeah. ball, as Abra calls him. Oh. That are just extremely hard to watch and extremely upsetting. And I, so, I don't, I don't have kids, and, and and I found that incredibly difficult to watch. Well, I love how they. The, the thing is, and you know, you you know, Chris, you and I are are uh, Chris Tyler, the other Chris, who's a separate person. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> as, as, uh, we have an affinity for movies that are, are comfortable killing children. So this ticks off a box for us. But we got no joy out of that one, which no. is which oh God, is no. a testament it's... to the quality of the movie. Like, like I mean, okay, so Halloween 3, that kid's a little obnoxious snot. Yeah. You know, a, a parody of an obnoxious snot in a horror movie. You want to yeah. see his head turn to snakes. Jushi this kid is this yeah. kid's a real real scared little kid i mean oh it's ter and, it's terrifying they they and i mean they don't they they don't pull back from the fact that they're not only trying to kill this kid and eat his spirit but they have to terrify him and put him through pain in order to do it effectively yeah and it and but what i like about it is most movies even if it was that intense it would just sort of be let go after that, you know. And this one, the no. little girl, the little girl experiences it, and she's not gonna let go for uh like for for the rest of the movie. That little girl no. is holding on to the fact of you did this to the, this child. This, you did yeah. this. You did this, and I am going to get you for it. Yeah. And that is just such a great. That is the primal emotion a little girl like that would have. And it's yeah. an appropriate response to what they did to that kid. But exactly. when you watch a movie like that, you're in the mode of like, oh, these guys have been doing this for 200 years. So this is just mm -hmm. and we're used more, to vampire yeah. movies and stuff like that. It's but different than a bite on the neck. This it is. is. A, well, uh, this that's what I mean, like it, 
you know, to, I don't want to like go over what happens in the scene, but the way they film it, you know, they're communicating with the kid and they're terrifying him, and he's acting like a, like any of us would have as a little kid in that situation. Or a forty and it's horrific. Old man, if they were doing that, to anybody, me, I would have been doing the same thing. Yeah, but people don't feel the pity that they feel for a, you know, it, it's even worse that it's a little kid. <laughs> for a forty-year-old man could have been dick sometimes <laughs> in life, you know. Yeah. So it's, 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 I mean, it's just, it's really harsh. And like when the reviews came out, that was always something that people like, not in a negative way, but it was always noted that like, Hey, you know, you might want to watch out. There's some really strong violence some, towards children yeah. in this, and, but, and, but I like that. It just isn't a thing that happened. Once that, once we see that it becomes sort of the resonating yeah, driving force. That's the, mission, that. that's the mission statement. And, and yes, you have to imagine yes. that. Um, if Danny had had Abra's shine and was about the same age and saw something like this happening, that he would have been on the same journey as well. It's just that he spent decades dulling his shine so that he would not have to deal with all of this crap. Especially well, yeah, like he's he he had the big shine, but he had a traumatic childhood. Yes. <laughs> He she did. had she she had the opportunity of growing up like a normal kid. Stable, you know? stable, you know, upper middle class. Well, well adjusted, well adjusted, yeah. accepting right. parents and stuff. So, you know, that could be why she's she may be more powerful than him or she just may have had, you know, he's he kind of stunted himself because just On like purpose. that was pretty uh, intense childhood trauma there in that Kubrick movie. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was one or two yeah. things a little upsetting for him. It's but. a little upsetting. Well, I mean, for him. It, but and that's the thing, like I understood his reaction. Um, especially when you get to the end of the film and you find out part of the reason why he wanted to stunt his shine because of the way that his mother would feel and not be able to look at him. Um, and that's terrible. I mean, it, it, it's Oh, it's, and and when he had the shine, he was seeing his mother mother's face covered with flies as she yeah. was dying and stuff I mean, and he couldn't look at her you know so when his his experiences with using his shine like hers were like she'd get herself in trouble or something his were like these ghoulish oh yeah horrifying things starting from being you know in the overlook so he you know he he really has a good motivation for turn into the bottle you know and it, more than just the bottle, I think it was. You know, I mean, he was he did, was doing coke with the chick from the bar, and 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 all of this stuff just comes back and it hits him in the face, and eventually he has his moment of clarity. Um, getting serious for a moment, um, my wife is eleven or twelve years sober, sober this year, mm. um, so it's this film and in the AA experience that they show in this film is is very very true um and I think that was another part of the reason why she continued to to watch as well because it is a um the book it was like that a, too it's a it, very honest portrayal of somebody that is in addiction mode and then in recovery mode um and I don't think that gets shown enough, you know, in major 
mainstream films. Well, when they do do it, it's very uh, it's very rarely done deftly. It's usually so heavy handed. Well, it's a it's stuff. the exact opposite of what you see in Fight Club, where the narrator is going just to not feel any to feel something. Yeah, no, it's that's almost more of a pair. That's almost yeah. more mocking. It is mock program, and, and 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 I think that does a disservice to twelve step programs. Uh, as much as I love that film, um, this is a a true portrayal of of somebody that's in that situation, and it's certainly something that King himself right had, has gone through. Right, um, and I, this is the kind of story that could only be be told by King after decades of sobriety yes um and and i think that works towards its advantage but the the, the movie just the movie covers it really well just with short stroke like like his fr- friend with the ponytail yeah you, billy you know yeah you, you, you see it like early on and billy is like you know he's sort of i've he's seen sort the of in charge it's a very responsible yep. but you see just like they they make sure they show you a nice shot of like his gang tattoo just just a little shot of his former yep, life and and he sort of notices him noticing it and just is sort of like yep you know, you know it's all just done silently in in a couple quick shots and that's it you know there's yeah there's it's, uh, it's it's not like it's not used for moralizing or anything it's more actually done, it's it actually becomes a a, a good plot like plot driving plot point yeah because you know because here's the people you can trust you know yeah and then it ties back into and and i think the one thing that nobody wanted to imagine coming out of the shining was danny going down the same path as his father you know that's terrifying that's even more horrific than any ghost in the overlook is that danny would succumb to the same right uh, the same disease as, as his father, which is certainly what happened for different reasons. Um, but it's, and it's it, also it, very realistic too. Incredibly so. realistic. It's it's the real every. This movie has that real everyday horror of what people experience and how people try to get away from themselves, combined with what if you are also a super massively powered telekinetic or whatever you telepathic uh psychic and uh, how do you rectify that what do you do you either stick yourself at the bottom of a bottle until it gets to the point where you just can't be anything anymore or you clean yourself up and you find a purpose um and and those parts where danny becomes the uh the caron to these people that are in this hospice facility and giving them some peace as they die um, is something that I wouldn't have expected out of King. It's, it's certainly not early King, um, but it's it, it incredibly touching. And the incredibly way it's handled actual. in the movie is amazing. For one, I'm putting that cat actor up there with the dog actor from the that thing. cat is that the gorgeous. way that cat just like gets up. On, there's this one yeah. shot of the cat gets up on the bed, sits down and just looks at the guy and the and like yeah. with a look on its face. And it, I was just like, this is fucking magnificent. You it know, is. And it's not a CGI cat that it's some trained cat. It was wonderful. 
and, and here's the thing with this story. There's a version of this story where you could have avoided all of the stuff with Abra and all of the despair, and you could have just done a treatise on uh, addiction and recovery and death without going into any of that. You could have had a whole story. Sure, yeah. Where, where Danny just spends his time until his old age dealing and helping with these people that are you about could, to You die. could make a, a TV series... That and, would and, be ten times better than Touched by an Angel. Exactly, because it would not have been cloying or anything like that. By season eight, it would be. By that time, by the time yeah. nobody creative at the beginning was involved, it would probably well, be cloying. I, I will but say this about... Yeah, but you know what I... I will say this about Touched by an Angel. The only... The best part of that show, and my mother would watch it every week, uh, plus Roma Downey's hot. Um, used to be, anyway. Um, the personification of death of the you know of that part of our life was handled incredibly well and that's essentially what danny is doing in this um and when when an old man who is dying and and does not want any more care says you're exactly where you're supposed to be your doctor's sleep it's i mean that's it it gives it gets you right in the uh in the center of your heart, you know, and and I know the king is capable of that in his writing. Um, if you you know Green Mile, Shawshank, some of the other stories as well, when he wants to hit that emotional, personal beat um, and not have it be, he can hit cliche. it like Spielberg exactly. Yeah. And it's um, and, and you know, there's a version of Stephen King out there that could have been writing stuff like Stephen King his whole life. Instead, it veered towards the more macabre. Um, and I and I think part of the reason why I like this film so much is that it is so life affirming. Um, you know, a, a big part of this film is spent on the true not the bad guys, the psychic vampires, talking about the lack of steam you know, the lack of shine in the world. And I think that's true. Um, it's just, it's something that I would not have expected from this story. I haven't read the book. Um, I love the book of the shining. Um, I don't think I need to read the book after seeing this film though. It's, uh, it's, it's a good book. It's, 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 um, it's different. It's different. The ending is different, but in general, it's the same idea. But it's a good it's a good book. And it also is unlike it is like reading it is un, it has the same character. Yeah. But it, it's unlike reading The Shining. It's not it's a different. Oh, I can imagine. It strikes a totally different tone than the it's it's almost a little more pulpy. And uh, but it's a good it's a good read. The 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 stuff with the true knot in it is really good. And like well, having the, read the book, it's sort of. It sort of shaded in a lot of the stuff in the movie too when I was watching it, but the way they portrayed him in the movie was really good. I, I They're like terrifying. I know a lot of roadies and pagans and people who live that trailer touring around lifestyle. Oh, they they had the every type there. Yep. The, those um, teenage the hat, runaway. The hat, I the, have met yeah. so many of the hats. And like in real life, if I met her, if I met her as the real hippy dippy woman that she was, I would be totally in love with her. Of course. I'd be like, oh Rose, you know, be my best yeah. friend. 
I was kind right, of right. Really, in the movie, I, like, I mean, she's yeah. I mean, right from the beginning, right from the the prologue, which is set in Miami, so that's an immediate reference to Kubrick. Yeah. Right there, you know, the Miami going on at the same time, but yeah. um, <clears throat> it's like immediately upon seeing, it's like you know, I mean, again, I, I've not read the book, so I didn't have anything going in on this. It's like, wow, this evil Stevie Nicks, she's really scary. Yes. You know? <laughs> I'm a sucker. I'm a I sucker. I was just going to bring up Stevie you. Nicks. I'm a sucker yeah. for the Stevie Nicks look. Yeah, but yeah, the thing so. is, she's so she's so evil in this movie that oh, she does not awful. feel sexy at all no. to me. No. Right. She, her evil, it's just so well acted to to get beyond having such a hot hot lead character that it, it like you know that you kind of despise her from the beginning you when know your first act on film is to seduce and beguile a child it's hard to have any sympathy from that point them. on yeah exactly and, and and there's nothing wrong with that i i know there's a lot of people that like a sympathetic bad guy sometimes i just want the monsters to be monsters yeah well we've had We've had too much where, of movies where the where vam I mean these they're basically vampires you know yeah. they're, they're they're sort of a variation kind, of that but yeah they're vampires of what, what was it before dawn they're they're, they're yeah. similar to that and 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 we've had a real like long time period where vampires have just been sort of romanticized and. Yeah. Treated as Uncle just characters that. in a monster movie, like True Blood and and Twilight and just all sort of the stuff around it, that like, you know, that that sort of the the horror of feeding off people till they're dead, has not been shown really as well with that. Like maybe since not in a major film since like Dust Till Dawn, where it's just um... like yeah they. They, these, Carpenter's these, vampires, they're vicious too. Carpenter's vampires, yeah. Same time nothing, period. Yeah, nothing sexy about them. Yeah, and uh, and 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 that's what you get with these guys. These guys are just like they—they're so long in doing it that they don't even realize the just vile hu- inhumanity of it. And yeah, well, just, I mean, they're—they're they're calling humans rubes. Yeah. I mean, that's how far above everybody else that they think they are because they've gotten away with it for centuries yeah and and also that feeds into the whole traveling carny sort of vibe that they have too that you know you go in town to town and feeding off the rubes but uh yeah they just uh, every one of the characters in there was just even though you don't see you, you don't see them a lot of the time they just make sure to draw all enough sketches of what kind of people they are and what their relationship to to Rose is and to each other is. It's it's just very, very well done. I just never, when I was in, halfway through the movie, I was like, I just did not expect this much thought to have been put into this no. film, you know? Especially a sequel made 40 years later. Um but and not by Kubrick, um, but this movie is shot like a fucking dream. Well, I'm it, there's so many that that's one of the things. One of the reasons I wanted to watch The Shining before I watched it is that there are so many just straight visual references to The Shining. Yeah, even even more subtle ones. The one that that really stood out to me is when they're in Dr. Dalton's office, and Dr. Dalton is the um, he's the uh, the guy that's um, you know he he runs EAA. 
meeting. He's the, yeah. uh, the head guy at the meeting. And so when Danny's talking to him, that office is the hotel manager's yeah. office. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. The plants up top, the nameplate, yep. the way that it's blocked out. And it's like that, and and I would not have made that connection if I hadn't watched The Shining literally the night before. Right. It's all right there. You know, well, they, they at, in the last act, when they end up back at Overlook, it's like, of course they have to end up. Everything else, just not to sound too much like George Lucas, but everything else has rhymed yeah. so far through this. Of course they have to end up back there because Danny's, Danny is doomed, he thinks, to live his dad's life to make the same mistakes and fall down the same rabbit holes but he's yeah. not he he has agency to to make changes you yeah. know it's it's they they purpose um chris you you made the reference to the depiction of the aa meeting they make a point of having the prayer give me the strength yeah. to you know to change the things that the, that i can control he can control these things and yeah. he does change it he doesn't give in to the same temptations that jack did and thankfully yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, but, I, and mean, I got a, my my one. I have two fault, major or major minor quibbles with this movie. And one is, I I do I I love how they incorporate the Kubrick the 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 overlook and all the Kubrick elements right at the end. But I also feel that the that it, the movie sort of loses a little energy energy uh, or changes energy then it doesn't have as much of the emotional thing luckily at the end they have the scene with him and her in in her bedroom where he's talking to her to yeah. sort of bring you back to that but a lot of uh, there's a little bit of ticking off of references in there but you know just just a little bit to where i was like okay i don't need that much i don't need to see the blood come out of the elevator you know but it's but it's but minor it, things, but then there's things like the scene with him and his dad. Oh God, that so is good. that scene is like I every time I've watched it, it's been like fine wine. I'm like that yeah. is perfectly acted, perfectly written, and there's a similar scene to it in the book, but this one is more concise, and the the hostility, yeah, and there's the threateningness of it, and the 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 you know Ewan McGregor having a conversation with his dad but at the same time knowing he's just talking to the malevolent force of the hotel more than he's yeah, really but talking eventually to that dad. force breaks but, and it but is he's jam. fucking with it he's just like no you're my dad you know yeah. and it's it's and I mean the whiskey in the bottle is threatening and evil yeah. it's oily and it's like allure like it's just so well done and I, the and I can't remember who the the actor was. Thomas Howell. Yeah, not someone C. you would not expect. Oh, it's Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, yes, from E.T. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it's right, back to E.T. And, and it's you would not expect. And Henry Thomas actually, though, has fought some de alcohol demons in his life, too. Yes, but, it's, it's, it's I mean, I, I love that they didn't go the CG route with, with no. the, the um, people with, from the old movie and just recast exactly. it. And yeah. it worked. I it mean, that that guy captured the like the essence of uh, a projection of Jack Torrance by the hotel to his son. Mixed with, and he can be a little different because exactly. Danny, he's he's Danny, Danny saw his dad as a boy. So he's seeing yeah. his dad as he saw him when he last saw him. And 
boy, oh boy, that scene is fantastic. And yeah. it's very similar to the scene with Nicholson in the bathroom with the one guy yeah. where the guy's explaining the fam- family to Nicholson in the bathroom. And it's just like, oh, here's where the evil is just like, yeah. oh, by the way, you know, Padme is going to die. Killed the family. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, it's sort of that it sort of sort of turns into an a little little action action yeah. but it's still it's it's emotionally it's perfect you like when he turns loose the spirits out, it's great my only well, other quibble is they set up a potential storyline that i didn't want that they didn't do fortunately but they set it up too much to where it was weird that nobody addressed especially as his best friend didn't at some po- point go like danny are you are you a child serial killer? Yeah. Because, um, you know, they, they had the scene where he saw him talking to the girl, and then Danny's like, listen, I know this sounds weird, but I know where this kid is buried, you know, and I want you to drive drive me there and dig it up to see if yeah, there's but you know really what? a kid there. That might, that, I would be like, is this your way of telling me, you know, of turning no. yourself in, you know? No, because I think it's what, what that is. That's the bonding of two people that are in recovery. Um you've bared your soul in front of strangers at this point and you're, you've been clean for eight years. Yeah, but then you could still, at that point I would be thinking, yeah, this guy could trust me, but is he bat shit fucking crazy? Is he three guys? You know, I would start thinking, you know, in, well, a, in a seven hour car drive, I would be like, okay, you know, there's, but, there's several different ways this could play out. He could be a psychic that knows that there's a kid and, and it's and in the book i don't think he even explains just like look you know the just well it's a, it's addressed he's like i don't know what's scarier if you're wrong or if you're right and i think that's the, right the lip service to that is what's going yeah. through billy's mind yeah if he's it, right you know what am i dealing with here in a lesser movie we would have had a subplot where where danny would have been a suspect as a serial killer you know but I'm glad they didn't do it, but they sort of set it up to where it could have happened. But those are like minor, uh, yeah, minor quibbles for the for the whole thing. They're both actually just sort of they're just sort of near misses of going wrong. So what I what I also found striking was um, if it wasn't for Danny's um, substance abuse, the true knot would have found him a long, long time ago. Yep. Yep, and she sort of says, "Where have you been this yeah. whole time?" You know, which is just—it's. I mean, that's a—that's a powerful thing to think about. Well, then you start thinking about how many of them are of are, are, are out there, there are heroin just, addicts and like yeah. in an insane and asylum. Maybe, and maybe is, that's why they're addicts. Yeah. Right. It's, right. And it's just that one little line and that one little thought. Just your mind just goes off in a million different directions. It's great. All I know is I, I'm I'm going to seek out all this. I, I can't remember what other films this director has it's, done. Uh, it's Mike. This really Mike isn't Flanagan. His... Yeah, no, he did Oculus and he did some other stuff. I mean, this is not really the type of movie he makes. To be honest with you. That's all right. Sometimes you need the. No, no, I know what to... I'm saying is, but if you go and seek out his movies and you're wanting to see, like, it's, oh, it's I can't not going to be like does. this. No. Yeah. But uh, I mean, like I, I, I just see a very good filmmaker. In oh, this he movie. did the adaptation of Gerald's Game on Netflix. Oh. Is that any good? Yes. 
I remember that, reading and it, Gerald, and it yeah, was Gerald's I, game is one of those ones that it's always been said there was there'd be no way to adapt that. Oh, they can adapt I, it, and they did a great job. Yeah, you'll be white knuckling also, through that whole thing. He also worked on the Haunting of Hill House, which was great. Um, you know, kind of thing. But like, he's known. I mean, he's more known probably as an editor. He, he he's not that he's not a director, um, but he's much more known as an editor and a writer. As a director, he did, like I said, he directed all Haunting a Hill House, Doctor Sleep, Joe's Game. Um, but the movies he did was like Ouija, Origin of Evil, Oculus, um, Abstentina. Like these are not these were not movies that were well received, um, you know, kind of thing. I'm not saying they're not good or you know, like I me. Mean, not that Oculus was horrible, but like these are movies that were like just standard fair horror the stuff they can, yeah they're yeah. nothing major huh. people just kind of pushed him away he did a movie called hush which is a guy wearing a mask who's stalking a woman there's nothing there um that was like oh my with, see the problem is it doesn't lead you to believe that this guy is going to be able to do this but now maybe it's because he has better material yeah because um, having yeah. a hill house was kind of similar to this and where it's all yeah. just it's the emotional beats of a family in dealing with crisis so right. After seeing this, anything else that he does, I will be interested in seeing because of how well made this was. Yeah, the problem is, is as, as you look at, it, like he was the writer on some of those movies, like the uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil, and Oculus, stuff like that. But again, he was—he's given screenplay credit on Gerald's Game. He's given screenplay credit on this. He's given a creator credit on on Haunting a Hill House. But he's working off a of source material, which is better developed and there's more there so um so i mean so let me just say this because i know i've been kind of laying out here you guys you know talk about this so um for somebody who i actually don't like the shining very much the movie um i've never read the book uh, but i don't really like the shining i own i own it because you know i need to own it because it's part of being a complete because <laughs> we're us yes yeah, yeah. Um, but I've, I've seen The Shining when I was in college. I never really liked it then. I didn't understand why everyone was, like, losing their shit over it. I was like, it's okay, guys. Like, it's nothing special. Which is, you know, I know some people are like, well, how you can't feel that way? And I'm like, well, I just do. I just don't – it just didn't do it for me kind of thing. And I've never I've never felt I need, ever needed to rewatch it ever again. I've literally only ever seen it once. Um, coming into this, I started watching this thing. And, okay, like, if this is like The Shining again, this is two and a half hours. I'm going to be bored as shit. Um, cause I watched the regular cut instead of directors cause I didn't know who had the directors and who didn't, uh, with the idea thinking that like, okay, if this is, again, there's going to be a rehashing of the shining, then I can't, I mean, cause, cause again, everyone said, oh, it's, it's so good. You gotta see, you gotta see it. And it's not, which is why I think I really enjoyed it a lot. I and mean, I really enjoyed this movie and it's, it's hard because most modern horror and, uh, like supernatural and stuff like that movies nowadays especially big budget ones i usually tend not to enjoy because they kind of are like too cookie cutter and too much that are not it's 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 everything there's too much of the stuff that this movie's not this movie's not cookie cutter this movie's not no. the same thing it's not the same beats um the one thing i did notice and i said this to my dad when i got out when i finished watching because i watched it one day um I had to watch it in two parts because god freaking forbid everyone gives me more than you know, you know, 35 fucking minutes of uninterrupted time in my life. Um, <laughs> the, I said to my dad, I said, well, the part, I said, I said, it was really good. I said, but man, I saw this movie before. He goes, you have it? Go, yes. I saw scanners. Um, and if you think about it, yeah. Uh, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of fucking scanners in here. Now I like yeah. scanners. Don't get me wrong. 
But I, my dad goes, it's not like scanners. I go, really, Dad? They can't sense each other where they are, and they're tracking each other down? He goes, holy shit. He goes, yeah, but scanners was made after The Shining was written. I go, it doesn't matter, Dad. Dr. Sleep wasn't fucking written until recently. And I'm not saying Stephen King's doing that on purpose or that this director did this on purpose or anything. I said, but it's a lot of that idea. Yeah, and no, so, that was and, that was a that was like a, a little seventies trend was the scanners. What was the, mm-hmm. the De Palma one? Um, the Fury, yeah, you know, yeah. the the uh, even Stephen King had um, had um, Firestarter. Yeah, you know well, that. that is, I mean, the, the the idea that they can track each other and that there's yeah there's evil that's tracking the the good and the, or the benevolent and like all of that is not new. It's not like it's a new thought here, but the way it's done here hasn't been done in a while, and it hasn't been done properly in a long time. So it feels fresh and new when you're looking at it. It feels different because it's so much different than The Shining. When, yeah. when, you know, it's not like in The Shining that there's a there's, I mean, he, he's the 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 overlook itself is the you know the big bad in the movies that yeah. kind of thing it's 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 that's the evil right here the overlook is always kind of like the evil that's out there but there's another evil out there that's coming and and it, it, it's always what john carpenter says there's two evils in the world there's the evil inside of my of me and that i'm afraid of what's inside of me and there's the evil that's out there and we as a clan must protect ourselves from the evil out there and that's the two evils that are in every single story ever told well, yeah this and- has those two evils doing battle with each other pitted against each other and, and it all hinged on that line with his dad where he goes i'll pour whatever you like mr torrance and right. so he poured out some revenge you know or he poured out you know some whoop ass on on the true knot and that was it, basically he was bargaining with the house at that time saying look i got all your guys in my boxes here you know you want you want it back? <laughs> we're gonna, yeah. if you we're think gonna, about we're gonna it work too, together, you know. Right. And, th- th- oh. I'm just saying, just think about think about movies that 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 make you think and that like you know uh, are able to stir up things inside you. They're they're not the same cookie cuttered things that we see over and over and over again, right? right? Um, and 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 uh, not to jump off the top of that, like. If you think about like Carpenter's the thing, there's the evil outside and now the evil's inside and who do you trust? And there's that distrust there. That whole movie, special effects aside, you know, kind of thing, it's all about the paranoia and stuff. He's working on that one idea and expounding upon it over and over again and making it grow and grow and grow. The evil that's out there, that's coming across the country, right? It's very much we've seen that in Stephen King. We've seen it in The Stand. We've seen it in other things where it's like there's evil and it's coming here, and we're gonna have to fight this evil, right? But the evil that's coming is not something that's easily defeated. It's bigger than we can do. It's more than we can handle, and we're gonna have to figure out what deal do I need to make to make this work. It, I mean, as 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 poor as The Stand might be as a miniseries. And as insanely long as it might be as a book, right? Literally, when Flag is coming, they have to figure how do we stop Flag? Like it's not just Oz me and I'm gonna have a gun and shoot this guy. It doesn't work that fucking way, yeah. right? It doesn't work that simply here. Would it be? I mean, the, the ambush scene, which took them, they they, they shot 49 days. That ambush wow. scene alone took two days. It took two days to shoot that ambush scene, and that to me 
is a great scene because they are so confident and they're so almost arrogant when they're walking into that that there's no way that the, this little girl and what happens they're like we walked up there this was so easy and it's like they can't believe that there's anyone who would even dare yeah. not just comply with what they've done yeah it's like the first time they've ever run into really anybody. yeah and they, they just they, hu- and they just the lose it too. they just start power. running around like chickens with their heads cut off yeah, yeah. yep well, I love I love that literally the like when they're shooting it's not just like it's not one shot on oh, the guy goes down like they're they're those the, the rifles are ripping through them yeah and they're and they're not going down with just one shot now I mean I know Billy has to die at some point there I really hated that part when Tony because you, uh. you, you, you want him you want at that point but again that's not that's not the way uh, Danny is like where he physically would like kind of push him because he's not a pusher like that's not his job yeah you know kind of thing uh where abra's the pusher you know kind of thing where if you think about that i don't know if you guys ever read firestarter when I mean, you've yeah. probably seen the movie but she's a yeah. push like she can that, push yeah that was you know? and yeah and i like and i like that like he's sort of you you can sort of tell that he was like yeah fire you know if if you took firestarter in this frame you would say that she had the shine in in the movie you yeah. know it was yeah. just another variation Different of the version. same kind of people right well she has the ability to push in that, and that's right that's what right one of the things she does and which is where if abra i mean remember like in, in the, remember in the movie firestarter like when, when she's getting upset and that's when she's all of a sudden is able to manifest and do these things well yeah. If Abra was to focus that, I'm sure she could too. You know, say not necessarily throw fire, but she could make things happen. Yeah. Like she can, she can push people where they need to go. I mean, she's able to. She invites, um, what's her the, the hat in, to trap her, to fucking trap her in her own. She's like, oh, I have her. I'm in her room. Oh my god, she's trapped me. And now she's like, oh no, yeah. I'm going through your head. Like, yeah. You, you've been the bad the whole time. Let me fucking show you what bad can be. And it starts yeah. going through. And she's, I mean, we're at the point where she's ripping her hand apart to get it out of the drawer. And you're like, are you kidding? Like, this little girl who doesn't know what she's doing set a trap for the most dangerous villain we have in this whole movie. That's not the hotel, right? Kind of thing. Like, literally, okay. And that's why I think this movie works so much better than it has any right to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, this could have just been Shining Part Two, and it would have yeah. been, and everyone would have short stroked because, oh my God, The Shining's amazing, and I love well, it. Well, and the, but and and here's the thing: if it had been called The Shining Part Two, it would have made a oh, lot God. more fucking money. That is, oh no, yeah, that is the thing that that you can't I be overstated about that. Yeah, I 100% agree. I don't care I, how much this made because this well, is like, man, it's so good. I I agree with you, but I'm saying it's to me, I that to me is a um, you know, a lot of times on on this show and on other shows I'm on, I'll talk about the commercial aspect of this. Sure. And that is that is a legitimate thing, the commercial aspect of, well, could we have made more doing this? That said, that to me was the right the right choice yeah. from an artistic yeah. standpoint well, to call this Doctor Sleep and not the Shining Part Two colon Doctor Sleep. Well, because to you me know, that that is well that that's the thing. Yes, this is a sequel to The Shining. Yes, it does have some of the same characters from The Shining. Yes, it works in the same universe, but it but it is the story of Doctor Sleep. It's not The Shining Part Two. It, yeah, it no, is not you know the story of of the Overlook Hotel. That would be The Shining Part Two. This yeah. you know they end up back there. This is Danny's story. Danny is Doctor Sleep. 
So yeah. You know, that, that's why this is the right choice to do it. And if yeah. it means that, okay, then, then this is considered a, a failure compared to the two It movies, then so be it, you know? Yeah. Because, it, well, because I'll be honest, I mean, th- this was, to me, one of the best King adaptations I've ever seen. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. Even at the two-and-a-half-hour director's cut, which oh, the is... The director's cut's three hours. Yeah, yeah. I watched the three-hour. The regular yeah, cut's yeah. two even and at, a half. Even at, uh, yeah, even at yeah. two-and-a-half hours in the regular cut, it's right. very long, but it really does capture the Oops. essence of reading a King book. Yeah. Yeah, the, the dialogue of the characters and in, in stuff, it just has that, that feel to it. And I think it started all, the, the basis of it is, you know, when Stephen King wrote this book, he obviously wasn't like, uh, I'm running out of money, I need to write a sequel to something popular. He just probably had an idea, he was probably like had an idea and like that would be a good that would be a good sequel to The Shining and he purposely wrote something different you know he wrote it in a different it has a whole the the book has a whole different feel to it it has a whole different center very much like the movie and uh you know to 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 take that book and then adapt it into The Shining 2 would have been not that somebody probably wouldn't have done that but oh, and no. not that Stephen sure. King wouldn't have been okay with them doing it too but I just find it really weird that, like, in the last three, three or four years, there's been three movies that there was the documentary. What is it? Room three. What was it? Room three. Two thirty seven. Two thirty seven. Yeah. That that was just about you know obsessive fans of it, and then in Ready Player One had a whole you know sequence in the over overlook. It, it's almost like the collective unconscious wants to go back to the overlook really bad this is the third movie in in like almost so many years that's been sort of a a revisit to the overlook and and the one that does it successfully i thought it was kind of goofy in ready player one well the the thing though i gotta say is that when king uh never was looking to write this book this was uh, it wasn't until the late 90s i want to say about 98 or so when he first started getting the idea to maybe write a sequel or you know uh, uh, the next chapter in the the life of Danny Torrance, right kind of thing, and it was always because fans had asked him ever since. I mean, whether whether you like the movie or not, or you like the book or not, The Shining, you know, and whether which side you might fall on, King or Kubrick or whatever, it it. it the fucking Shining was huge. I mean, let's be let's call a spade a spade. It wasn't like this movie was like you know it's not like an underground thing you never heard of that this was major um i mean luke and i uh you know uh growing up it wasn't one of the movies that necessarily we like my dad was always talking about because he's kind of like he's like it's good but it, it wasn't like you know it's not like a movie that we're like oh my god we gotta watch this all the time but it was something that was kind of always there and when you look at um in like um in, in, in search of darkness which is the, the documentary about the horror of the 80s and 90s they talk about this stuff they talk about like like the the influences it has and stuff like that and yeah it, the shining well, itself as a movie what i'm saying but as it because it's a kubrick movie is always kind of held at a higher level if it wasn't stanley kubrick making the movie right if well it, stanley if it kubrick been, made like one movie a decade and stephen king right. was huge but he was like pop yeah. culture huge and for yeah. stanley kubrick to adapt a stephen king book people were like that's fucking yeah. crazy. Why would right. Stanley right. Kubrick does, you know, 
art kind of stuff. Yeah, art, art yeah, artsy yeah. stuff. So it, it right. was, it got a Wait, lot that, of yeah. hype on that. You know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like the movie became bigger than it, the actual film. It was the name of it and like the the story behind it. And then once Stephen King was very adamant that he did not like the movie because it wasn't true to him, and Kubrick's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna write do it the way I want to do it. All that stuff, the legend of The Shining, became much bigger than the film could ever be. And then the problem was, it never was going to get. A, and he eventually started kind of the idea back in '98, but it wasn't like the book came out in the year like in came out in 1999, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, like it took years to write, and it wasn't like Stephen King because it wasn't like Stephen King had one hit. He had hit after hit after hit with every book he wrote. I mean, I remember, and Luke will remember this. My mom used to get like for Christmas, she would get like you know, my dad would. I don't know how my dad ever figured out this, but he instead of wrapping a book, he would put a book in like he would build a box around a book, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and he would tape near it on all sides that you would need a knife to get into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> near impossible to get into the book, right? And then he'd wrap it that way. So my mom would be like, "All right, you guys open stuff." And my, there's video of my mom sitting there and working ten minutes to get the, the into the box, get the book out. Yeah. One of the books she got was it, and she goes, "Oh." Okay, I'm going to have to read this on the beach where there's people because these books are really scary because Stephen King's new book came out. And at that time, it was it. And it was, you know, I mean, you guys might oh, remember. Yeah. when. Yeah, I mean, it was insane, right? Yep. So the problem was he wrote hit every book he wrote, no matter what, those books became number one bestsellers. In it. And then you started to get into the books kind of like Gerald's Game, kind of like, uh, you know, Dolores Claiborne and things like that, with this, which were not – that level of hit not yep. that level of oh my god but then once we get to the through you know into the 90s into the when she's about 2000s he started putting out books again that were really big the yeah. outsider doctor sleep like these books all of a sudden became stephen king was being discovered again right so i know it's his journey through his you know, recovery, you know, his physics, Stephen King himself, whether it be when he almost got killed in that, when he got hit by the, the driver, right? Yeah. Was that, you know, like it's all of that journey. And I think that, but it's kind of crazy to think that like, here's someone who literally was the absolute top of the game kind of fell down and now is back up being able to put out things that are just, you know, he writes a book. It's guaranteed to sell, right. you know, kind of thing. I'm trying to look right here. It looks like, oh no, that's the paperback. Um, I'm trying to find the, the date when The Shining was, uh, not The Shining, when Dr. Sleep was actually first put out. The hardcover, sorry. Um, I want to say 2016, something like that. Yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm looking. I have the I book. Dr. Sleep was 2013. I have the book, but I just lent it out. So. Yeah. First edition was oh. 2013. Yeah. Right. So think about that. 2013 from from writing the shining which was I 78 77 yeah, it's a long long i mean long long time ago you know kind of thing i mean and the shining's never been out of print either no you know kind of thing that they've always had that's always a book that's in print and i'm sure you see this chris when you go to like garage sales and stuff there are plenty of people probably have tons of stephen king books in oh. the books and piles right oh i you know? i have a wall i'm looking at my wall of of I'm trying to make a complete collection of Stephen King books in hardcover. Nice. But I have a combination of hardcover and softcover because there's going to be some hardcovers that are hard to come by for right. some of the early ones. But 
I have this huge wall of Stephen King. It's unbelievable. Like, I've got this wall of Stephen King books with probably 10 books in there that I haven't got to yet, you know, in that yeah. sort of more recent era of, of stuff. But all the, but like, yeah, he's written a lot of books. And my yeah. collection, I'm missing probably 10 to 15 books right now, at least, I'm thinking. If you think about this and, and the crazy part of this, right? In the part of the the new books, the the bizarre bad dreams and like all the stuff that end of watch and all those books that started coming out, he wrote uh um he wrote November twenty second nineteen sixty three. It's a novel. It's about the assassination. Yeah. Uh, kind of, and that's the book that Kelly was like, I've got to read this book. Now she started reading it, and then she got kind of sidetracked with these uh, other historical other books she's reading. But that's a book you're thinking like Stephen King. Like what? And it's it has all. Uh, you know, it's about what happens if, if Kennedy was to not be killed, you know, kind of thing. And you're like, this is kind of like not the Stephen King that I know. But It was it, a mixture of like historical time travel story. It was very, right. it was, um, it was more science fiction. Than right. But the thing horror. is, it was like, it was like he's putting stuff out there that's not exactly the same stuff we had in the 80s. It's yeah. not misery. It's not pet cemetery. It's not Cujo. It's not it. It's and and but that's Stephen King to me. To me, as a kid growing up, my mom read every one of those books, right, Luke? Yep. My mom has every yep. one of them, and she read them and she and she would read them. I'm not kidding. You. On the beach, she'd be sitting there with the other moms, and they're reading a book. They'd all be reading a book while we're playing and down But she would read them in broad daylight. She wouldn't read it at night. It was too <laughs> terrifying. And my mom reads. My mom reads like there's no tomorrow. She's read thousands of books but it was just too much because it was so overwhelming at the time nowadays you don't hear people saying well i was reading the stephen king book and it's scary because he's not the same person anymore yeah he's not the same which is why this story could not ever be the shining two you know right right it's yeah. danny's story and i think that and because luke made a good point somebody would have said hey let's just call it shining two dr sleep and I think it would have, it might have got more eyes on the product because people are like, oh, I like The Shining. But you would have had people come out and say, this is this is garbage because it's not just like The Shining. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God this is yeah. not like The Shining. Right. I'm, I'm, if, I'm if, with if, you, dude. If it had yeah. been 20 years or 20 or 30 years earlier, every, like, because the, the book oh, yeah. had been out for seven years. And when the book came out, they were like, it's a sequel to The Shining and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, yes, and like, yeah. if he had been at the level that he was at 30 years ago, it wouldn't have mattered if he sh said Shining 2 or, or not, because yeah. people would have been up on the hype Snapping to it. But anyway, it, yeah. it doesn't work like that anymore. So you sort of have to. And, you know, and I mean, they very vi they very well could have done a sequel. I Have any of you guys seen the miniseries, the TV adaptation that Stephen King endorsed? Yes. When they, is it any good? Uh, I mean, they could have just said they were doing the sequel to that. It's, you know? um, <laughs> it's, 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 um, no, it's, it's yeah. not good. So, and it, but, and it's a shame because Steven Weber is an, is an excellent actor. Um, and there are parts of it that I enjoy because it does hew close to the book. Uh, but it also is incredibly, uh, network TV, Right. And ends in a very maudlin way, um, where 
it feels like Flanagan kind of consulted with King on this and they put the ending of the real Shining book into this movie. Right, right, exactly, yes. And, but and, yeah, you, you you don't ever need to watch the TV version. But, um, you know, I mean, I think in this day and age, there's just less less reading done. So yeah. they, they just they just don't feel confident. You know, I mean, they 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 had to address the Kubrick aspect of it because they don't trust that the audience is but, going to want any. Like the thing about this is they could have left out the Kubrick stuff altogether. And if this movie still had its the heart where it's at, it still would have affected an audience just as just as yeah. well. Yeah. But the, but you know there's there there's some people who like I don't know if they really exist or if it's just in the mind of studios that are like listen we have to see these things like one of the weird things about this movie was they had the one shot from well there were two shots from the original movie there was the blood from the elevator yeah and they actually put the shot of Jack Nicholson going through the door right yeah. And just before he stuck his head in the door and I was almost like do, th- that that one it was kind of weird because they never they weren't doing that wasn't a thing in the movie as much it was more like they would just have actors and and sort of deal with and it the, that way so other, it was almost like so did they think the other, we're going to understand that him looking through that was him looking through that hole everybody would have figured that out you know right, yeah. Yeah. and the well the other thing about that also is that Danny's not there for that. He can't remember that. You right. Know? So it's so is it is it a psychic impression that he is getting of oh. that? Oh. You know because it's like he. Oh. You know, Danny's yeah, that's just, that's just Wendy in there with the knife. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he so, but he's touching the door right then, and he sees a sees an impression of his. I didn't think of that. That's kind of cool. I, I'm that's how I'm gonna take that yeah. from now on i like well, that i mean and again notice, that's just tying him to his dad you know right. that's really all it is yeah if you notice with the blood because the blood is not the exact it's all done redone with cgi the angle at which we see the blood in the in the shining is different than the angle we see the blood oh here. The i see i thought they just the put height. that shot nope it's yeah. actually redone because i looked at it and i said that looks different and then because yes. when you go back and look at the shining you're like oh my god because he's shorter when he's seeing it come out of because remember he is oh. now, it has to be shot higher. So it's yeah. it's it's the it's I think what they did in the hotel, I think that part of it, by redoing parts and putting those things in, you know, first of all, I mean if, if people weren't picking up on that this was literally the same guy from their first one, they think I mean some people I mean they do have instructions on shampoo bottles for fucking Christ's sake, okay? Yeah. Like yeah. some people just don't get shit. Right. right. Hair dryers <laughs> say do not use in bed. All right? Because I can't tell you a number of times I'm asleep and I'm, fuck, I'm doing my hair, right, kind of thing, right? Um, what they I'm saying, wouldn't put it on there if somebody didn't do it. That's all exactly. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So some people must needed that because they needed to kind of feel like, oh, shit, that's from that movie because they're so dumb they didn't get it. Yeah. But I think the reason they changed it and they made it wasn't, it wasn't just clip things. Even the girls in the hallway, yeah. like, it's not exactly the same. Right. It's angled differently because now who's experiencing it? is not the same yeah, right okay. it's, it's no longer danny torrance uh, on his on his on his big wheels you know kind of powering through the house you know kind of thing right um the hotel not the house but you know what i'm saying but it's now 
got to it's got to be a different height. You got to be looking at different things have to be adjusted that way. Yeah. It now takes it and makes it more it it wasn't just hey we're slapping it in because we need to slap it in. It's now it's here because the house still has pet. The hotel's back on a house. The hotel still has power. Even yeah. though he's trapped all the 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 evil in their boxes, it's still an evil place. It's still got more it's still evil. Yeah. 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 It's hungry. Yeah. Well, the place the, yeah. the place attracts these these yeah. things, right? So yeah. that's cuz that that's cuz that's what my wife said. The very very end of this where we see Abra with the bathtub spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she goes, well, I thought, I thought by burning the, I thought by burning down the hotel, they were purifying it. I think, well, I said, I'm not really sure. It's like, maybe that, yeah, yeah. That those things are still out there. They're still, yeah. And that's just something that she's going to have to deal with. And she's dealing with it much the same way that Danny did, but she also kind of went through the worst thing that she could go through with dealing with all that. And she's embraced her shine yeah. quicker than Danny did. Well, he, she well. also had a mentor. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Danny did you know, too. Yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi. One could say that you wouldn't break her. He Obi-Wan Kenobi this shit. Obi-Wan you know? Kenobi. <laughs> so, so what was, you're saying is he, in, like, in, like, in like 30 years, Abra's going to be sitting there with Danny in the swamp. It's like, so you see, what I told you was true. From a certain point of view. You lying old bastard! It's like the certain point of view. What the fuck does fuck that you, man? mean? <laughs> that is your real name. So the oh, thing oh, is, when, oh, before anything else, like I wasn't making out with my sister or anything, was I? Jeez. <laughs> before I forget, I just want to mention how great the actor who played Mr. Turkle was in this movie. Because Scatman Crothers is one of my favorites. And having someone stand in for Scatman Crothers oh, is treading on yeah. dangerous ground yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, really and he good. brought a tear to my yeah. eye. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was really was good, though. Fantastic. Yeah. It, it, like, the scenes with him and, and, and Mr. Turkle were, were mwah. And those yeah. were one of the best things about the book, too. And I'm glad that it got ported over to the movie and i'm glad that they didn't even bother to try to make him look older or anything no, no, you know no, he should I mean, he should he look the way he was when he like died. the way he man. wanted to be when he was dead you yeah. know or, well he looks but, younger than scatman crothers did in the movie but it, it, I'm, i was guessing this is just this is Mr. Pickle's version of himself that yeah. he yeah. Yeah. Hey, that, i don't that, know if you that. know this but black don't crack no <laughs> All that, all that, spear, all that kung fu he's been doing—that's what kept him young. But uh, um, <laughs> I, I, and to be honest, all of the recasts for all of the original cast were Mwah. fucking amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I, I will oh. say that uh, you know uh, the actress that that's playing um, Wendy. I always said, well, she's much. She she's certainly prettier than she Shirley is. But, but I said she nailed it. Right, she's got the she's got the eyes, she's got kind she's of got the, the voice, look on her she's face, got the, the voice, yeah. yeah. And I said, I said, well, you know, Shelley Duvall always had such a unique look anyway. It'd be yeah. hard to try and do that, but they they it's clearly recognizable as mm -hmm. Wendy Torrance when you see like, her. When they reshoot that scene of Jack doing the "Here's Johnny," yeah, um, it's like it's dead bang, yeah. you know. Yeah, the actress is Alex Eos. Um, Again, this, this is probably the biggest thing she's been in. I mean, she was in Starry Eyes, which I don't know if any of you guys saw. That's not a, it's not, I mean, it's not amazing, but it's, 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 it's worth, you know, watching. It's, it's a kind of a horror movie, but, um, she was born in Saudi Arabia. She really? Like, uh, yeah. I mean, 
She looks Again, pretty white to me. She does. I mean, I'm looking at the picture right now. I mean, in the picture I'm looking at right now, she doesn't really look like she did in the movie. And they did a lot of makeup Obviously. and fixed her hair and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I mean, like, I'm looking here. They have a picture of her right here. I'm looking at now. I mean, she's, I mean, she's a stunning woman, uh, you know, as she looks right here. But it's like, I mean, I could buy that. Again, it's also, too, it's his memories, too. And when you remember people who are who are no right. longer with you. You know, you, your memory starts to kind of like round off right. the edges. It's probably the best yeah. way to say that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, was it was it like, like you know, looking back, still a bit fuzzy, right? You know, yeah. kind of thing, yeah. or you know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, and 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 it just proves that like <clears throat> you don't have to be dead on to to do it. People will go with it if it's done well. And yeah. You know, and and I just had a short moment of going like. Oh, that's a different actor, and then then uh, a short moment of like, oh, that's good. I'm glad it, it it plays better than an awkward CGI, right? You know, yeah. attempt at the at the at the actor. Although that works sometimes pretty decently. Nowadays, this just it's felt better, this just but... like smoother, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah, it but was yeah, na- it, it was more natural. Right. Yeah, you don't think about you don't think about it after the initial moment, and you're not trying yeah. to look at it and, or anything. You're just like, okay, it's a different person, you know. So yeah. uh, you just, yeah. just kind of roll with it, and then you're at that point anyway. Like when when it's you know uh, when Jack is tending bar, by that point you're just engrossed in it. Yeah, yeah. you know, right. and you, you realize who it is, and you just kind of roll with it, and you're like, you know, now, now you just want to see how the story played out. If it's if it's CG Jack Nicholson. Yeah, then you're, you're looking at that. Do. Then you're yep. looking at that the whole yeah. time. Yeah. Just like you were in Rogue One with. Yes, uh, with, unfortunately. Uh, with, with, with I see. Parking. I bought that totally. I thought. And, that I, was and I did problem. too. And I did too. But now when I'm watching it, now I'm looking yeah, at it. You it's know? hard not to see it. it yeah. Be, no, I, I appreciate that the Rogue One, uh, Peter Cushing, just at, at, in the tradition of Star Wars pushing the. It, it yeah. needed pushing to be the there. boundaries. CG characters in Star Wars also. But yeah. like you know, in, but in Star Wars, in Star Wars, you need it. In the in in this film, you don't. No. And it would, it would right, be a detraction. Yeah. You to just do have it. to serve the story in this one, right, and yeah. and the, and the, this definitely served the story yeah. much better than spending all that time and money to put yeah. awkward, uncanny valley yeah. stuff in it. Yeah. And let me yeah. tell you, talk about talk about serving the story. You know, the, it is it is it is foreshadowed, and it's not exactly hidden where their, you know, what their plan is, what Danny and Abra's plan is. As soon as they say, oh, you know, when all this starts going down, you get out of here and all that, and then they're in the hedge maze, because of yeah. course they're in the hedge maze, right? And it's like, okay. And it's like where we've seen in Danny's mind, that's where all the boxes are, are in yep. the hedge maze. So we know, okay, they're going to try and run a gambit on Rose and stick her in a box. Okay, and then that doesn't work, and then they're on the steps, because yep. of course they're on the steps, and it's yep. like, but the whole time, every time we've looked in Danny's mind, and we've seen all those boxes, and it's like, now you know where this is going, you know that now it's now it's scorched earth, and that's one yeah. of those, yeah. you know, we, Jay, I, I, a um, long time ago when you did Jason and the Argonauts, I said that. Talos turning and looking at the Argonauts is one of the great oh shit moments in cinematic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When oh, those yeah. boxes start rattling and you realize yeah. oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, about to well, hit the fan okay. right so, now. So real quick on the stairs, think for a minute, right? So um in in The Shining, right? 
yeah. Shelly Duvall has got the baseball bat, and yep. she's being she's defensive and whatever, right? Yeah. But the axe is the offensive weapon here, yeah. right? And, and he's coming at her with the axe, right? And trying to knock the door down and everything else. Here, the axe is the defensive weapon as yeah. he's moving up back up the stairs. So they yeah. reverse the roles. So the same object that in the original was the the weapon he's, that, he, that it's attacking the you know the um, you know Jack's attacking his wife with. Here, Danny's using it as a defensive weapon, and then he only strikes her in the shoulder when he has no other choice. Yeah, you know, kind of and thing. Then, yeah, um, but then he falls down the stairs. Yes, just yeah. like yeah. Jack did, and he's wounded yeah. on the same leg. So it's yeah. like everything. It's like you're gonna. It's it's he's you know that whether it's the hotel, whether it's fate, whatever it is, it's like you're going down the same path as your dad, whether you well, want. Well, no, to it's not even that. I mean, uh, Halloran tells him earlier on, "Cause a wheel." Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a big pull from all the Stephen King mythology. Yeah. Yeah. I, the other thing is, too, and I just want to throw this real quick. Danny Lloyd, who played Danny in the original in, in The Shining, yeah. he actually is one of the spectators in the stands. Really? Um, baseball game, yeah. He, he's only he's only credited as the spectator, and he didn't make, I mean, and he was six when he made The Shining, so when he yeah, was yeah. like 47 or whatever he is now. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was really cool. And because I was wondering, like, when they're showing the stands, I'm like, man, why are they showing these guys so much? Like, I get why they're showing the one guy, but they're showing these two guys, and he doesn't have the line. He's just, I'm like, okay, who the fuck are these guys? Like, I like I was waiting for, like, a little cameo or something. I'm like, I don't know who they are. And then I saw, and I was reading through, it says Danny Lloyd. I'm like, okay, who did he play? And I'm like, I know who he is, but who did he play? I'm like, are you kidding me? He's one of the, the spectator, and that's what he's listed as. And but I was you like, know what? Try having given him like a speaking role or something would have taken people out of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's nice. Just, like they threw him a bone, yeah. he got a day's rate, and he got. And the it's, and it's just, and but it's, it's just there a, as, a, as a nod. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. a little good luck charm in your movie. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the other thing too is there's a um, a number of, I mean, the uh, they they said they had um. I think a thousand different people, uh, you know, young ladies addition for Avra's role. Um, there was a number of different people. It, it was not always supposed to be Ewan McGregor. They actually had really? a bunch of people. Yeah. So um, they had a um, what the heck is it? I'm trying to find the actual the rest of the names. Yeah. Uh, well, Dwayne Dwayne Johnson, of course, because it was a Hollywood. Yeah. Movie. Well, The Rock. That, of course, <laughs> The Rock. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Yeah. How, well, so, I'm, all apropos of nothing, how Martin, awesome oh. would that have been? Just saying. Uh, he could have done it, Dwayne. but but you you so, McGregor's a better actor, but The Rock could have done a good job, I think. Yeah. Okay. So Very obviously, McGregor, yeah. um, uh, Dan Dan Stevens. I'm not sure where that off the top of my head is. Chris yes. Evans. Uh, Chris Matt Evans. Smith. Too young. Okay, wait, and Jeremy good Renner. Looking to be okay, Renner, right, I, Renner I, I, could, I could, I could sooner buy Renner than Chris Evans because Renner has that world weariness. Well, Renner's like fifty years old. Yeah, but I'm saying. So what happened was those were those were the ones that Chris they those Evans, were the way too way too good. Yeah, Chris Evans doesn't make any sense. But these were the ones who actually that they had narrowed it down to, and they all met with Flanagan. And really? that's how he decided. So, so it wasn't like just Chris Evans said, "Yeah, I'd like to be in that movie." Like he actually met with Chris Evans. So, okay. like, there's no way Chris Evans would have fit here. It doesn't no. make sense. You need somebody who is old enough to actually be, you know, have shit happen in their life, yeah. but not 
old, like, you're like, okay, like, it's clearly not going to be Kurt Russell. It's not going to be someone well, like that, you know. Look at, look at, much fun in life, you and you know? McGregor played Obi-Wan, and he played his character in, um, uh, what was the, uh, Train Spotting. And yeah. so Danny Torrance is somewhere in the middle of that, yeah. you know. And what's what I'm saying? So he's made for it. Right. But you need somebody who could have, like, who you b- believe there. And that's, you know, sometimes, you know, we go through movies, sometimes we're like, oh, here are the 20, you know, actors who were up for the lead and scream. And here are the women who were, you know, they were all the hot young actors, whatever. This isn't looking for, you know, hey, let's get a got Let's get, I'm, I know Luke was joking, but let's not get Dwayne Johnson. Like, you don't need no. The Rock. Like, that's no. not the right play. You don't want someone funny. You don't want someone who, I mean, you, I mean, you and McGregor, you recognize him because he's a star. But it's right. not a Ewan McGregor movie. No, you know what he's, I'm but that, that's the thing with Ewan, though. He's both a star and a character actor. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's very Gary Oldman-like. He's not quite yes. as chameleon-like yeah, as yeah. Gary Oldman-like, but he sinks into a character, you know? Right. He does a better mid-Atlantic accent than Gary Oldman does. Okay, well, <laughs> um, and it's just it's just funny to me when you see those things that you think like, okay. So how could you even consider something? Now, again, there's always those things like, oh, well, you know, Die Hard was, this person was considered instead of Bruce Willis. Or other, like, like, okay, fine, and I get that stuff. But those things usually tend to make more sense. Yeah. Some of those names, oh, I, I can't, because they don't seem like they fit. Right. But, right. but at the same time, we're not, role, we're, you know. You know but, but also, you know, one, we're not, we're not casting directors. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah. Not, We don't I know what be. they're... Well, but we don't know what they're necessarily looking for. The creative, the creative mind sees something in a performance, and they think maybe we can use this. And you know, so that there's for every for everything like that, and that usually you get you know fairly close. Yeah, did we have a couple of films where you know Tom Cruise was playing uh, Jack Reacher, who's supposed to be like six ten? Yes, those things happen. <laughs> you know, but obviously they they they, you know, they went in the other direction. Whatever. You know. Well, no, I mean, I was. Well, I mean, I was. I was reading. I was reading a Jack Reacher book. Uh, the first Jack Reacher book I ever read was a couple of months ago, and they talk about how tall he is. I'm like, didn't Tom Cruise play this guy? That can't be right. I'm like, nope, sure enough. That's why Apple boxes will never go out of fashion in Hollywood. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, you never. But in any, but you're right. You, you never can tell. You read it on the surface, it's like that doesn't make sense. But you know, nobody really bought Robert Downey Jr. playing Iron Man. You know, nobody really thought. Well, I did. The second no, no, they announced but, him, I'm like, that's yeah, fucking but, perfect. But, but you were, but you were, you were uh, the atypical response. A lot of people is like, that this guy's, uh, you know, he, this is never going to work. You know, it's the same as, you know, we want to get even further back. You know, uh, Michael Keaton is, as Batman. I mean, yeah, I'm back yeah. before the internet. You had to write letters to bitch and moan about things. You know? That's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I'm just saying is it seems sometimes. Hashtag not my Batman. <laughs> sometimes when you look at uh you know uh how guys fit in roles and why they fit and it, it just becomes it seems right you know sometimes actor you know sometimes directors say well i wrote this this you know character i wrote this character for this guy to play him no one else can play him it has to be him right. this is a book that this guy adapted you know kind of thing so yeah. it wasn't like stephen king was like well i'm writing this story because i want you mcgregor to you know, hang it up as Obi Wan and come here yeah. and be you know Danny Torrance. Like no, it just has to be that. somebody who reasonably looks like a grown up version of that yeah. little kid. Right. Could be almost <laughs> any white guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 like a thirty eight year old grizzled drunk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, so he's got to, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, right, because it's plus 40. He's got to be 40 because it's 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He damn so, near 40. Yeah, so. I'm a still, man. I'm, I'm 40. 40. 40. <laughs> so, um, the whole hedge maze um, in the movie was uh, literally all CG. It looked great. Uh, which is crazy. It looked great. Um, say again? Oh, and, you, and you have to love the big fuck you from Abbott dropping the same line that Rose dropped on uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. baseball. Oh, God. She's a fucking great... You know what? In did did years, you guys catch the, Obi, the Obi-Wan reference in the movie? Um, What was it? Rose said to the little girl, well, hello there. Well, she <laughs> says that to everybody. Yeah, that's yeah. Obi-Wan's line when he... That's, that's Obi-Wan. The, the Obi-Wan's line yes, in Star Wars and from that. episode two, three. Yes. So uncivilized. That's why I'm here. Well, the little girl, um, uh, uh, Kaylee Curran, um, she's actually 14, which she looks young for 14. But well, she looked uh, like the right age. She looked like a no. She did. She looked 15 year old. Oh yeah. She didn't look like a 14. She looked like a 12 year old, 10, 10 yeah. to 12 yeah, year old. You know, to you me, get but... that. You get that with with you know with kids that are 14. Sometimes you know sometimes they hit yeah. Expert yet you know she had the she had the poise of a 14 year old. When I was 14, had the, I looked like I was 10. Had the, yeah. Yeah, sure no, the, the hateful attitude of a 14-year-old girl. Well. <laughs> and then I hit 30 and my hair started falling out and turning silver. So it's like, you know, it catches up with you. Yeah. I'm just, so, I mean, she was Our up very for, own uh, silver balls, Chris Tyler. <laughs> she Don't was talk about for, my pubes. Uh, yeah. God. Uh, you know, I mean, again, not that like the, you know, the, the, um, the Chainsaw Award or anything, but she actually the Seattle Film Critics Award and the Music City really? Film Critics Award. Um, she was she won it for Best Young Actress for this. And then she was up for it. She deserved um, it. She was. Oh, great. she's going I mean, places. A, you know, as a child actor, you know, she's not. It's not like she has an insanely long uh, filmography. She's uh, been in. Uh, she was in three movies. Well, she's in sorry two movies. This is only her second movie. Her first movie was um, from 2017. And then, like it says, she might be appearing on a TV series that has no start date yet. No. So, literally, so it's not like you're saying, like, okay, well, this is somebody who's been acting since she's been a baby and been on TV. Like, she literally has two acting credits to her name, um, and one of them is this movie. So, uh, and then Rebecca Ferguson, of course, um, you yeah, know, she she was she's in... She's a known quantity. Yeah, she's, she, you know, she's Mission Impossible, especially... Um, where she's made, you know, uh, with Mission Impossible, which was this, uh, Rogue Nation, and then Mission Impossible, I can't see which is what this because my eyes are not that good, Fallout. Um, but she also was in Life and stuff like that. Like, so she's, yeah, she's she's a beautiful woman. She's, you know, uh, you know, and I, again, not, it, it, you can't just, you couldn't just get like, like a Gwyneth Paltrow, someone who's well known to be in this role. It had to be somebody yeah. who you kind of like looked at and said, okay. Like, I could buy this lady as being really evil, because she's really evil. I mean, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of fake Brutal. Her, you know, kind of thing. So, um, you know, but she's not a she's not a new actress. In fact, she's in the new Dune. The 2020 really? Dune. She plays Lady Jessica. Everybody's in the new Dune, so that yeah, makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. And she I'm actually was in uh, Men too. in Black International. I don't know if you guys saw Men in Black International. She's in there, too. Um, but Is that worth know, watching? Men in Black International. Okay. We we saw. It. I love Tessa Thompson and I love Chris Hemsworth. It's funny. It's definitely okay. funny. It's not 
Will Smith. It's, it's not. There's not nearly as much. It's, I, Will Smith I loved. And, I loved um, Men in Black Jones. One. I hated Men in Black Two, and I loved Men in Black Three. Okay, but like Tommy Lee Jones and 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 uh, and Will Smith in the first one, they're the way they interact with each other is what makes that movie really funny. And then three is yeah. kind of weird. You know, I love three. I don't know what I think, but it's weird, but it's not the same kind of thing. It was, we watched it. We enjoyed it. It was, to us, it was worth watching. Um, okay. But, All right. You know, so, I mean, but I mean, getting, but this is an, she's an actress who, again, she's not, not like she wasn't in, I mean, she was in The Greatest Showman. She was in The Girl on the Train. Uh, the, yeah, she's, she was actually, she's the legit goods. She's yeah, good. She's, she's been around and it's not like she, but she, but she's not a face that's on every poster. She's not in every right. movie. You know, kind of thing. So, I mean, if you're in the Mission Impossible movies, I mean, except for being in Fast and the Furious, I mean, they can't make Mission Impossible movies fast enough. You know, they got <laughs> the seventh one's yeah. coming. I mean, good lord, Fast right. and the Furious is like fucking. I've seen lies, you know? one Fast and Furious movie and two Mission Impossible movies, and that's uh, it. I can I, I can the... say without I can say without fear of contradiction that Fast and the Furious is one billion times better than Mission Impossible yeah. without hyperbole. Well, yeah, but here's my problem with Fast and the Furious. I loved it the first time I saw it. When it was called Point Break and it had Swayze and Keanu. Yeah. And I'm and a big Vin right. Diesel and, and that's and why. I hate and that's it. why the. Well, that's why the fourth. That's why Fast and Furious completely reinvents itself because Vin yes. Diesel said, "Well, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna make, if if I'm gonna be in this movie, I'm gonna start producing." Yeah. And the movie completely turns 180 degrees away. The first three are race movies. The starting with the fourth one, shit gets weird. And okay. Gets maybe totally I'll maybe I'll pick direction. up with the part yeah. four then. Yeah, yeah, well, you got you got to watch base. Yeah, we'll, we'll have this discussion offline. But, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Sorry. <laughs> put it on the uh, Jay. Put that on the action items list, please. Yeah, okay. We'll have to yeah. table the Fast and Furious discussion for now. Should, yeah. Take it offline. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm still working. Yeah. I'm essential. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're all we're all we're I'm an essential business. I'm working too. Wow, I, wow, I, that's I all all four of us. Yeah, Look wow. Maybe we're we'll food service, bro. Maybe we food. Maybe we'll get. Yeah, I am. I am. I'm. Yeah. Technically, but you're you're so I, essential. They even like reinvented your whole entire restaurant. My, <laughs> I, I'm I'm out in public uh, essential, they but I my public? job is very safe. I do not mingle with the. I'm not like at a grocery store in an open yeah, cesspool no, of germs. So I'm very happy. I'm very very happy about that. That I can yeah. make money while minimally risking my life. I'm sorry. All I could think of you talking about your job being safe and not knowing the work you do. All I could think of is Rodney Dangerfield from uh, Natural Born Killers. Still yeah. be slinging hash in that shit house and fucking your boss. See, I'm, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking the marathon. I'm thinking the marathon man. Yeah. Is it safe? Is it safe? It's safe. It's safe. It's safe. Is it safe? Yeah. All I know is during this quarantine, track down your copy of The Shining. Yeah. Throw it on. Take a little breather, and then throw on your copy of the director's cut of Doctor Sleep, because The Shining will make you want to kill yourself, <laughs> and then Doctor Sleep will reaffirm your belief in the world. Drag you back from the abyss. Yeah, yeah. it's a. It's <laughs> honestly, I I think the next time that I watch this, I will be doing it just boom boom, The Shining yeah. and Doctor Sleep. <laughs> A hell of a hell of a way to spend five hours, and I don't and mean so that. That's how I was just gonna yeah. say, car five out five five and a half hours for bathroom take, breaks. But you gotta take a break. You gotta take a break in between. You know, you gotta you know have some coffee, fill up with a nice meal, 
and then you can watch the movie that is more life affirming and uh is dark but it's also very positive yeah 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 so don't watch it with your families though yeah no it's not <laughs> this is this is one as that's funny because because dad always says like oh did you see this movie and i'm like well no you know we were watching like we had family movie night and he's like oh no you can't watch this one with Haley." and yeah. i'm like well, Haley ne- neither movies are 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 no. fa- well, they they are sort of family. They are family movies. movies just they're, they're about they're families. Living, they're family. What I'm <laughs> saying is like my, my yeah, like my daughter yeah. watches like the heart, like she watch a hard oh. R and the kind of thing, blood gore, whatever. But she yeah, watches, this, this is, is different. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is about family, you know. Yeah, so well, you know, hey, doesn't make we it a family it. film. Two things. One problem. I'll say no. Well, you know, two things on that. Two things on that point. One, the color out of space. That's about family. We all yes, saw how that that's went. That's a family, right. it's, uh, but not a family it's film. It's about yeah. and, then, and then, you know, we were talking about Fast and Furious with family. I got to say that. So, yeah. <laughs> with family. Thank you, Vin. I love you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Yeah, I hey, there was, we, Dad and I talked about this when we talked about movies like Upgrade and we talked about movies like uh, Overlord and stuff like that. Like, just because something is not the most mainstream thing that everyone's talking about, oh my God, like, whatever, they're really good fucking movies. You just got to go look. Yeah. To find well, I mean, anytime this, especially in regards to horror or like low budget action, there's going to be stuff that's going to pull your interest, you know, if it's something that you're into. And this wasn't low budget, this was a, a classic picture. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, but I think some people just kind of, uh, what do you call, not to say uh, overlooked it, but kind of like you know looked at it differently instead of being, yeah, um, you know, not not what they wanted. I don't know. I'm just saying. Thinking about it like on the same level as like an Annabelle movie or something. Yeah, like for, and there's nothing wrong with those. I mean, if that's what. No, you're I'm into. not saying that, but they're in a sort of category. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. So. It's worth looking up, folks. If you haven't seen it, uh, check it out. You know, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, totally um, worth it. This it's, is it's well yep. worth the time. Yeah, Colorado uh, Space, yeah. Doctor Sleep, and uh, us get my my highest recommends from 2019. Yeah, I'm trying to think what what else even came out last year that was really like on like the horror end of things that were really good. Crystal Llorona, um, which I haven't watched yet. Um, I can't even tell you either. No, I'm saying like what was like something like I mean. I mean, I know there was movies that were like these are pretty good, but like even even like I mean, so I'm thinking of like oh that's a really good movie that's 2018. I actually don't think I'm like you know oh, yeah. you know that's what happens because because sometimes you don't see them because they go they hit a theater they're in there for a week or they don't come anywhere yeah. and then they and you have to wait for them to come out and it's like oh like to me I feel like Color Out of Space a 2020 movie but it's not it came out in 2019 but we couldn't see it because. We didn't were in the one fucking theater it showed. Like, right. Time. Exactly. Yeah. I, I will the say right this. Place at the right time to see that in the theater. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I will say this. The the past year has given me hope for more serious and thematic horror. Just from the, the movies that I mentioned. Um, obviously, if you're adapting King, there's some pitfalls that can go along with that. But if they're all done to this level of quality, great. Same with the... Yeah, yeah. Um, so with, we got one the, of the bet. We got probably it, it, arguably with both of these, more arguably with Dark Doctor Sleep. But we got like just within this year-long period, probably the best adaptation of a the the, the most true to the to 
it not chapter just one. the source, but the 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 feel of their author, Stephen King book, and I, I don't know if there would be much debate over Colorado Space being like the most dead-on H.P. Lovecraft. That's the best Lovecraft. Unless you were gonna do a period, yeah. Right, right. Well, you know, I mean, but I've seen people who've sort of done period yeah, stuff, like low budget stuff. That, yeah. yeah, and it's 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 okay, and it captures a lot of the feel of it. But this, you know, this it's it's out of period, but the tone is a hundred percent on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like the first time, and yeah, in a year we've hit both of those highs. Yeah, so, I I geez. can't complain, man. I've I've yeah. had a, this year. I mean, I've I've rewatched us several times. I've re, I've seen so, this twice somebody now. Needs, somebody needs to adapt, either redo Ghost Story, or like Shadowland, and get a Peter Straub book out there. And I, and Ooh. if somebody captured one of those two books on screen, I like the original Ghost Story. It was okay, but it was nowhere near what it could have been. That's but the biggest I, thing. Yeah. But like, yeah, if there's if there's people who are like feeling the freedom and I think that's what it is these days is you like it, there's a certain amount of freedom of experimentation to where they can go like, I'll, you know what, instead of trying to pretty this up for whatever it is now and just like slip a little Lovecraft in there, I'll just go ahead and do it. The real, you know, the real thing. And. Yeah. Then it, and then it flies. That movie actually got good critical response. So did Doctor Sleep. Yeah. So hopefully it's a trend. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's the it's it. stuff will be the, a trend instead of like you have to, you know, sometimes you have to significantly alter something to make yeah. a movie. But well, the, I mean, the other thing, and I've, we've talked about this here, is that none of the films that Hero mentioned shied away from the fact that they were horror movies exactly oh they embraced that if if you're gonna go to the bell ring it yeah that's that's the thing with horror i mean every one of these films had children in peril and they had stakes and they didn't insult your intelligence and but they weren't marketed they were marketed as horror movies yeah especially us and see us is the one that's kind of the the outlier because it's not an, an adaptation but us was marketed as this that this is the scariest shit you're gonna see, you know. And it, was, and, and it's scary. Right. It, but, it, it, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was. It was the antithesis of this trend that we had seen, and we've talked about it on this show uh, for a few years. Where you know the that the these these main we talked about it with Hereditary that they don't yeah. whoa 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 I'm not a we're not a horror movie. Don't 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 lump us in that. We're above movie. that. We're yeah, an no, art we're, film. We're we're making we're making film. You know that that anti horror. We've, we've finally elevated this genre up into a we've taken this genre and and prettied it up and and well they've prettied it up but they think they've actually you know we've actually written something worthy of a real well, now I mean, this is this is a real horror movie and a real movie now well you it's know? 2020 every movie can look like a real movie yeah because of the technology that we have that's not the issue issue is are you are you trying to get under people's skin are you trying to scare them whether it's a psychological or a thematic or jump scare horror whatever you're going to do do it well and don't and don't judge your audience and don't play down to your audience yeah right which was the problem with hereditary but hey maybe i'm just still bitter 
See, I, I think Hereditary pandered to its art house oh, audience, exactly. and then the horror audience was just sitting there getting talked down to the whole time while other people were going like, oh my god, I didn't know a horror movie could be like this, when in fact there's a whole yeah, well, rich history of horror movies being yeah. better than that, you know? They, Including they, Rosemary's Baby, yeah, which was a go online and look up the hundred scariest movies ever. Yeah. And just Rosemary's pick one Baby ran. was a legit like mainstream horror movie yeah. that 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 was actually like true to its or or, yeah. or you know or or a, a, an entertain you know wasn't a, just a slog through. So yeah, yeah whatever. Back I'm loath to watch anything the Polanski's got, but I'd rather watch Rosemary's Baby three times than watch Hereditary again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'll watch Rosemary's Baby any day. I'll watch almost anything compared to to Hereditary. <laughs> yeah. So it's come to this. But yeah, it is hope, hopefully we'll hopefully we'll be able to scour up some new ones. Yeah, you know there's gonna be there's gonna be one or two great ones every year, and they might fly under the radar, but we'll find them. You know yep. what we do. <laughs> do well, I mean, we're in the have. we're in the middle of a pandemic. God knows that should be rich. Like <laughs> that 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 that, that uh, means maybe not out. getting the horror movies during this, but in the years. After the pandemic, there should be a rich, rich wealth of good and terrible pandemic movies or well, movies so with some themes like the of coronavirus it. zombie movie already is. I was going to say corona, yeah, corona, corona zombies. Yeah, I was going to say there's, there's a hundred there's a hundred thousand scripts for corona zombies. Well, no, no, no. Right corona zombies no. is a real movie. Under under my contractual obligation to talk about Charles Vand as much as possible on this uh, podcast, um, <laughs> it's Corona Corona Zombies. Not didn't start out as a. It um, the the producer and I don't I don't have the I had this article open and I closed it and now I need it. Um, they it it started out as like a the idea was that uh, the the writer and director of this film went to Charles Vand said you have all these old European movies. Uh, all these European horror movies that that you have the rights to. It's like, could we do like a What's Up Tiger Lily with one of these? Uh, <laughs> and so they they took apparently some of Bruno Matai's Hell of the Living Dead, yep. and filmed some new footage around it and turned it into Corona Zombies. Now I'm actually uh, interested. What's yep. Up Tiger Lily? And if you look at the poster, the poster is great because it shows the zombie wearing the surgical mask and. <laughs> On the as you're looking at it, the left hand side is all the praise, and the yep. right hand side is all the places saying that this is garbage, this is exploitative, this Charles Band's an asshole, all this stuff. Good. Yeah. And it's like he's just like, whatever, man. It's fuck it, right? It's the here's yeah. the movie, whether you like it or not. Yep. Good. <laughs> yeah. We need more what of I'm that. Is, but it came up. But one of my friends, she, she's a she's a big big horror buff. And she was like, she tagged me and she goes, oh, my God, have you seen this? And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> I was like, this looks horrible, but I got to see it. But, it, but you it's know, supposed kind of to. You know? <laughs> no, no, right. It looks yeah. horrible in a way like, oh, my God, I have to see this movie, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so. You know, it's uh, I mean, I, I can understand where he's coming from because they can't do their they can't do their um um they're deadly 10 right now the the, the ongoing production because they can't shoot full films 
right what, now. You know? What so, kind of exploitation movie director, producer, person are you if you're not going to change the title of something to put Corona in it, you know? Yeah, right. I yeah. mean, well, come on. Anything, if you're you even know, worth your salt, you're, you're, you're doing that. It's nice. like if you can't do if you can't do the normal you know movies that you were doing now, you can do these these quicko cheapies. Yeah. You know, and get them out there, and it's and it's an exploitation tradition. You know, so yeah. what are you gonna do? But uh, this but this film is uh, not exploitative, and uh, so <laughs> I recommend you know. Doctor Sleep. There you go. Yes. Yes, I, I highly, it. highly, highly recommend yes. it. I recommend it too. If you yes, help. watch this one. Yeah, take advantage of the fact that you're locked in your house, and uh, I said, watch this. <laughs> watch a movie about being locked in someplace, <laughs> yeah, and then watch the sequel to it with your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst least... part is, the other day, like I don't know if you guys had it, but like I know across the Midwest it was snowing and stuff, and they said, "Oh, you're gonna get six inches of snow," and I'm like, "Man, I'm supposed to watch." Uh, Doctor Sleep. I was like, I don't know if I want to watch it because like, I had no idea what I was getting into at the time. I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to watch this. You know, no, and actually, I was like, I'm what, just... what you should do is you should watch The Shining, and then you should watch this, and then you should watch The Treehouse of Terror, where they yes. do the Shining. The Shining. The Shining. Yeah. The shining. <laughs> don't that's, you mean The Shining? Time. We don't want to get sued. Do you want to get sued? Oh, no beer and no TV make Homer something something. Go crazy? That's it. Go. <laughs> Actually, you know what is one of the, the the one of my absolute favorites from that is the bit in the when he's locked in the in the pantry, and it's yeah. Mo yes. is talking to him. He's like, "Yeah, we got to talk about this. It's can't about talk time eating. To, uh, family <laughs> can't talk eating. Yeah. All, right, boys, all right, all right, boys, break it down. It's like Freddy Krueger and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> they drag my no eating, no eating. <laughs> so. Come, children, let's bask in TV's, TV's glowing warm glow. <laughs> Urge to kill falling. Urge to kill rising. Rising. <laughs> falling. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.
I think you've mistaken me for someone else. I'm just a bartender. Oh, yeah. Just Lloyd the bartender, pouring joy at the Overlook Hotel. I'll pour whatever you like, Mr. Torrance. 